Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Howdy, folks. Happy Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Uh, we have lots to discuss. A lot of news that occurred after our show on Wednesday. It was very, we were very prescient, though, because we did discuss Elias Lindholm, and then he got traded in the center market, and then two guys got traded. So we'll talk about that uh, in, a, in a few uh, but after the pre-show, we'll start with uh, Gary Bettman's comments and a lot of news. But we'll start with the pre-show. Go ahead, Russ. Well, you know, we just heard that uh, Carl Weathers passed away. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of sad. I, I want to say it was a year ago. People can go to sportsology.com and look. But I think um, we had run into Carl at a um, oh at the Philly at the Philly Comic Con. And so it was one of those things where, you know, it was – um, a free forum and so everybody was in there asking him questions and he was just really open to ask answering anything whether it was about uh, Mandalorian whether it was about Rocky Predator. anything he'd ever done and just Predator. such a Predator. good guy and did anybody, honest, ask, did anybody ask about Predator yeah I gotta look back I, I think you asked me that question at that time and now I don't remember but okay. the thing the thing about him is I always liked him better than Stallone. I, I was an Apollo Creed fan. I didn't care for, for Rocky. I thought he was a dope, and I didn't really care if he won or not. I liked Apollo Creed because he was slick. He was the champ, and I felt like uh, he was he was the better guy to kind of, like, get behind. I know that's not what, you know, the script writers wanted, but that's what I like. Yeah, yeah you're, you're out on a reservation there, Russ. I, mean, I, I loved I, I loved him in Rocky Three when he when he joined sides with Rocky and against Clubber Lang. That was now, now the sad thing is, Jan, and I'm sure they have all these commercials in the can. Is that he was doing the uh, Apollo Creed thing yep. for Gronk for the Super Bowl for the kick, and now you know he's not going to be there for the actual kick. Yep. I mean, actually, probably most people know him more recently, besides Mandalorian, from Happy Gilmore, obviously. Yes. He was he was perfect in that role in Happy Gilmore. And then, Russ, I'm surprised you haven't brought up Action Jackson. I mean, I I know he did, actually. So in this thing, he did answer Action Jackson, and he said he created it. That was his idea. So, yeah. He was and, open and, to anything, and, and, then, like and he talked about script, talked about script writers for Rocky. I, I would go with singular script writer. Because I well, think yeah. uh, Sylvester Stallone wrote the first one. Maybe others collaborated on the other ones, but he wrote the first one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and that's what we hear. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> With all these and Chuck Webner. I don't know. Talk to Chuck okay. Webner. Well, it was inspired okay. by him. Yeah, but based it was on Webner's story. There's no question. No I mean, you had to grow up in Jersey yeah. to know who Webner was. I, I think Stallone even admitted that it was inspired. Yeah, by he admitted it like 30 years later. Right. Yeah, but. But no, I've been it for a very long time. Funny, funny thing is, is that in in Action Jackson, I remember watching that movie a bunch of times. A young and rather vivacious Sharon Stone. That was one of her first movies, uh, and also as the villain uh, coach, yes, Craig, Craig T. Nelson, Nelson Craig T. which Nelson, was, yeah. 
which was completely against type because, uh, you know, he was always the nice guy except for that movie and the devil's advocate. Um, and, uh, and, and, and then Van vanity who was the, who was the, uh, the yep. love interest, but yeah, no, I, and, I mean, he was, he was great in, uh, in devil's advocate, by the way, he was, he was great in that movie. Craig Very role for him. Yeah. But he was yeah. really, really good in that role. But I, I honestly, I do love, I do love the movie, the original predator with him and Schwarzenegger. Cause he went sort of toe to toe with Schwarzenegger in that movie. You know, you got, you got Jesse the body and you've got, uh, um, uh, God, who is it? Uh, Shane black is one of the, uh, who is the, the screenwriter for a number of big movies like lethal weapon. He was one of the guys and, um, uh, uh, Bill Duke, and it was you know just a great movie, and uh, and sort of he was like the co-lead with Schwarzenegger, so that one of my favorites. Anyway, Carl Weathers sucks. So is it seventy-eight years old? And that's seventy something. 76. It was in his late seventies. But yeah, seventy-six. That's it right. Stinks. It stinks. Uh, every it two thousand twenty every year. Seem we keep saying that this year is going to be better, and seems to get worse and worse in terms of people. I mean, obviously. Not obviously, also we probably can mention now Blaine Lacker from the Bruins passed away, and he was only yeah. fifty-three. Yeah. And I obviously remember him. I mean, everybody, most people have been posting sure, about his mask, did. which was a classic mask for a goaltender. Yeah. But I remember Lacker with the Bruins very well. He was one. Of, he was one of those like playoff rookie, like Steve Penny type of like. He had one year where he was good in the playoffs for the Bruins, and then really didn't amount to much after that but anyway uh let's start uh, let's start the show hello hockey world today is friday february 2nd groundhog day 2024 i'm jan levine russ cohen from sportsology and i'm not Ponxatawney phil i'm michael agello and this is the hockey buzzcast here on hockey shadow. can you see your shadow in buffalo is there enough sun to see your shadow in buffalo <laughs> yes i see it Okay, uh, let's start. Okay, Gary Bettman uh, and Bill Daly and Luke Tardif and uh, Marty Walsh uh, were all on the dais in Toronto uh, fielding questions. They got the good stuff out of the way first, so let's do that first. So the good yeah. stuff, the, the, uh, the, the happy stuff was the announcement that the NHL is going back to the Olympics, which is not a big shock. Uh, 2026 in Milan, although they say the building is just getting built. Just start. Yeah, I told you, there's there's problems there. Hopefully, I, we get done in time. I will bet you anything if it doesn't if it doesn't get um, moved quickly, it, they'll be playing in Turin. Yeah. And uh, and uh, the 2030 uh, Olympics, they, they funny they broke the news here is that it's going to be in Nice, France. So. Uh, they, they think the rumor is 2034 is going to be in Salt Lake City, which right. we'll talk yeah. about. Yeah, well, there, there's a lot of the stuff today. If you read some articles in terms of the Salt Lake City expansion, which we'll talk about, I'm sure the their application. And one of the things they've talked about is they are the lead favorite right. for the Olympics and trying to tie that in right. to their expansion bid as well. Now, um, so that that was announced, not a big shock. Um, the Batman, of course, made it made it made it plain and they basically told the owners we're not paying for the insurance the iihf or the olympic committees you know we're not going to be fielding you know paying a dime so that was always yeah you know i i, I mean, get it it, like, it really it really more. seems it really seems chintzy to bring that up you it, know it's, really? it's weird that they they're still doing that because you know they probably made a deal where they're paying for something else but they want to just say 
We're not doing that. We said we wouldn't. We're not. Okay. Well, right. because because they have no problem paying the NBA's insurance because they right. make money on it. But anyway, um, but also announced was the four nation tournament, the four nation face off tournament uh, between the U.S., Canada, uh, Finland, and Sweden that'll be held next February in undetermined venues in U.S. and Canada. Um, and it's a seven game, I think they said seven game round robin tournament. Yep. Um, so over, we're, we're, over nine know. days with two off days in the middle, they said, I think, and it's weird. It's back to back off days, February 10 right. and 11 of the two off days, which doesn't really make a lot of sense in my opinion, unless they're moving from Canada to the U S well, but you know, traveling from one location to another definitely takes a full day. Yeah, it does. You know, it's it, it, the one thing I know that probably got talked about, but they weren't able to coordinate. <laughs> was maybe having you know a couple games overseas in this tournament. It would be nice for for those fans. Maybe in the future they could do that. Well, I mean, yeah, it would be a longer break, that, and also that would be included. And this is the problem with this. And somebody brought this up, and I think it was, uh, and Bettman sort of dodged. You know, Pasternak's gonna not gonna be in this tournament. Drysaddle's not gonna be in this oh, tournament. A lot of guys. I mean, Kucherov's not gonna be in this tournament. Kucherov. I mean. I mean, there's a long list. Yeah, I understand the Russians because of the current situation right. with, the, with the IIHF in Ukraine. Um, but, you know, they could have done a Team Europe with uh, – they could have done two Team Europes, but they, they chose not to. Well, it's like, well, it's an all or nothing. No, it's not an all or nothing because you're not doing all and you're not doing nothing. You're doing in the middle. So, so I, I mean, I mean they use, you use the term, I think, more so, Mike, in terms of timing and logistics seem to be – the, and I'll use the term mine, not his excuse that he gave, which to me is, look, this thing just didn't get cobbled together in a minute, right? We know they've been talking about this for a while. So to use the excuse in terms of time being an issue, it's, it's kind of ridiculous because you could have figured out the logistics over the last six to nine months that you've been working on this. Right. So then it got to the and and they, of course, they brought out McDavid and Matthews and Aho and Lindholm. Yeah, I mean, they had him there. Why not? Like, what, what are they going to say? Oh, no, we hate this idea. Of course they're going to no, say no. that. I, I think they explained it well on Sirius. Um, Connor McDavid never really got to express whether he was really upset or not about not being able to be in his first Olympics, right? And so clearly he's thrilled to be able to be in his first Olympics. That's right. I think it's just more about that. Right. And, and you know, now this will spring about – um, many thousands of uh, pieces over numerous outlets um, projecting who's going to play in these tournaments for each of the countries, um, which I've already done today uh, for, the, for the Sabres, for the hockey news. Um, and I'll do that for the Leafs as well because the Leafs will be strewn with players playing for various countries. But then it got to the bad, then it got to the, 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 the bad stuff or the, the stuff that's controversial. Um, and I expected this, and everybody expected it. Gary Bettman didn't touch the Hockey Canada stuff. He basically said, you know, the London police are going to be talking about this on Monday. Um, you know, Russ, he said what we we said in terms of they're all uh, they're all restricted free agents at the end of this year. They're going to be paid. That had to be. I bet you anything that had to be. Yeah, they had to be negotiated with the PA, yeah. and then once once their contracts are up. And not in so many words, he basically said they're radioactive. He says they're, you know, they need to concentrate on what's going on right now. 
uh, with with you know with their court case and with their legal yeah. problems, and don't worry about hockey. Which means if they get you know obviously that they're convicted, they're never playing hockey again. If they're not convicted, then you know we'll see. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a hot potato, and you know really it's a scandal. And you know B- Bettman did not even. Um, did not even uh, uh, say that he was going to release the NHL report um, that basically that, uh, you know, they did an internal investigation. Now it's in the hands of the London police and they're going to do what they're going to do. So he didn't touch it at all, which is not unexpected. Well, I mean, the only thing is they were players in the league. Yes. And they were under league contract and they had careers already in the league, but I get it, whatever. I mean, I don't think anybody was ever going to be thrilled with the outcome. No, and no one is going to be thrilled Meaning with at the press conference. Not yeah, right. Conference. Nobody was going to be thrilled with the um, transparency. Um, he was asked about Corey Perry. Basically, said he had no problem. Although you know the the the, the uh, Perry may still uh, appeal the uh, the contract termination. Um, right, because he wants his two dollars. I get it. Two million. I know. I'm kidding. Oh, two, I, give me my $2. Yes. Right. Um, but really, I thought the most contentious thing besides Hockey Canada was Arizona. Yeah. And ahead, it, let me know. Let's hear it. Okay. It's funny because Bettman, well, Alex Morello is essentially saying he, he, he thinks he's going to have something done and it's going to be resolved in the next few weeks. And then, uh, courtesy of Chris Johnston, uh, Marty Walsh comes out while conceding the CBA doesn't give the players anything actionable on the Arizona arena situation. NHLPA executive director Marty Walsh was critical of Coyotes ownership saying they won't meet to discuss player concerns and it's been long enough to find an arena solution. Uh, okay, so now it's at least come to light that there's a bunch of complaints. Right. Nobody's handling. Nobody's at the complaint desk. That's what we're finding out. Right. Walsh said he's extremely disappointed with the Coyotes organization. Says senior members of that organization won't even speak to the NHLPA about the conditions of the players there. I'm telling you right now, this is a cluster f of the highest order. I don't give a good goddamn about the about the TV market. That franchise shouldn't be there. It should be moved to Salt Lake City. But you know, the NHL wants to, is holding on by its fingernails with that damn thing, and they won't stop. But they, you know, honestly, if the players have this big of a problem, this is going to get resolved pretty quickly. Well, I mean, so Peter said that Winnipeg moved in late May, right? Uh, yes. So if Arizona is still there in late May, then before the Stanley Cup starts, Gary Bettman will have another press conference and we'll get asked about it again. Yes, because he said a few weeks. Now, how many is a few weeks? I mean, a oh, few please. weeks. This is like he's had a few years. I mean, I know. He's, it's been a decade for crying out loud. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's they're stalling. I get it. Um, I understand the PA's concerns. You told me that there was an athletic article out that had players anonymously talking about yeah. how it's what it's like to be on the uh, the opposing end, the visiting end of Mullet Arena, and you know the yeah, fact that I'll, I'll, I'll the fact that Marty one. Walsh felt like he had to say something there tells you all you need to know because he probably would rather have not have done that. 
I'll give you the, I'll give you the direct quote here, Jan, uh, from anonymous players. Um, the arena is dog shit. One player said should never be in the NHL. It's pathetic. It's not the show. Can't take it seriously. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. Again, this doesn't surprise any of us, though, right? I mean, unfortunately, given the situation, right, they're going to exhaust, Mike, as much as you may not like it, every single possibility of remaining in that location because they don't want to move. They've made that very clear. So we can rant until we're blue in the face, until Gary Bettman and the remaining owners want to move. It's not going to matter. Now, granted, these quotes doesn't necessarily put the arena and the location in the best light and doesn't put the organization in Arizona in the best light. Well, I'm saying, and considering what Marty just said, what Marty Walsh just said, that really didn't, because that's coming from somebody who wants to be on the record for it and wish they did have a say in it. Yep. Right. But, I mean, if all of a sudden, I mean, it's not all of a sudden because this has been going on now for a year, year and a half. If the players are complaining about this and now the owners are bringing it up at the Board of Governors meeting that when is this going to be resolved, you know, Bettman can put a nice face on it as much as he wants. But this is this is a boondoggle. Now, of course, you know, everything was like, well, we have so many people asking us about NHL franchises. Uh, we've got Atlanta. We've got Cincinnati, which was the first one. Cincinnati, Cincinnati now. Okay. WKRP. Yeah. And he, uh, he asked how far along is Cincinnati? He says preliminary. So, I mean, yeah. they, you know, they, they don't have, they don't even have a building. I don't, they're, uh, they're well, in no, the ECH, play somewhere. But yeah, they're in the ECHL. They're there. Yeah. They're in the yeah. ECHL, but, but, but no, uh, Kansas city was mentioned. And I think Mark Messier could go back to Cincinnati. The, the funny, the funny thing was who he didn't mention was Quebec city until a reporter friend of mine brought up Quebec city and he, he sort of shined it off. He's like, well, you know, any, you they're off the radar. Any market, any market that's interested, if they're interested, you know, well, they're not off the radar, Russ, because I mean, from what the reports that were out there, they were promised a, no, no, but, a franchise. But again, promised. promised like five years ago. They're off the radar, Mike. I'm telling you, they're nowhere well, near. There, there is an ownership group there, Russ. It doesn't matter. They it doesn't matter. Don't, they don't want to invest in a team that has to worry about the Canadian dollar and the losses, the instant losses that you get just from the dollar transfer the minute the minute they turn the key. And wow. until that changes, they're not going to do anything about it. I'm it's, telling you. It's utter horseshit. It really is. And it, and this is the thing. I mean, they're talking about expansion. Why? Because the new TV contracts in, in Canada and the U.S. And there's another TV contract. I think it's three or four years in the U.S. I don't know how long the ESPN TNT deal was. But the, the one of the things that they were talking about is the fact that they only have only have 25 teams in the U.S. And they need to expand to more markets to make the TV deal more more, yeah, more. And, and, and what I what I think I think that may be playing into this, but they're gonna have to take care of Arizona first before they take on any expansion. That's right. so if they, and if they, the question is you haven't even brought up the other one. Why are we talking about Atlanta again? Oh, and they failed, they failed, they failed twice there. Now again, obviously part of it is the relationship with TNT, right? And if they're letting their TV dollars the TV partnership dictate where they create a new team, that's a problem, although Given the stuff that we've seen with ESPN and Amazon and the NFL, that looks like it's going to be the direction a lot of these 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 leagues start going in with partnerships that are basically with TV and stuff. So well, there's there's a lot of talk about that. So what, what that could he, be the same here with DNT. 
what he did say was, well, the difference between the last two failed situations in Atlanta was they're going to build a building in the suburbs and the, the Braves built more in the suburbs and it's been successful and it's not downtown Atlanta, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'm sorry. When a city has failed twice and it's failed to, it's failed to really, I mean, okay. The Thrashers were a terrible franchise. They were terrible. And the terrible. rink wasn't bad. I was in that rink for the All-Star game. I skated yeah. on that rink. A the rink was yeah. fine. It was just everything else that you're talking about is why right. it failed. Yeah. Is it going to be better because they're in they're outside of the city limits? They you know, say that, but look at the Braves. I mean, the Braves have become kind of like a – a joke in a way. Well, uh, they said they said now. I guess their new stadium. I, I, I don't remember when it was built, but they say that's not in the downtown area. So no, it's not. Yeah. So I mean, they're saying that's more successful, and it's no, been, no, but right, it's more successful than it used to be. But the minute the Braves stop winning, nobody shows up. Like that's what happens. So how much they're pulling in attendance? Yeah. So uh, let, let's just say this. I I expected it to be difficult for. Uh, Bettman, I think it was, you know, Robin Doolittle of the Globe and Mail really grilled him on the Hockey Canada stuff. Uh, I, you know, he had to have expected that. Um, the the the, the Arizona situation is not going away. I'm sorry, it's it's an embarrassment to this league. You know, it, they, you know, they've had embarrassing situations before that were rectified. The Islanders situation was embarrassing. The, uh, you know, the Buffalo situation with the bankruptcy and it going to Galasano and then eventually the Pagula was embarrassing to the league. Uh, Ottawa and their situation with the with the building in Canada and then Melnick and now that's straightened out. This is a situation that has stayed around for over a decade and the league needs to rectify it. And, you know, I understand, you know, they don't want to move out of the top 10 TV market, but find a building, find, you know, get it done or sell that team. Yeah. So here's the thing with Atlanta. So 2021, it was 29,000 the game. Two years ago, 38, last year, 39, and they're a top team, so that plays into it. Right. Um, I don't know, 39,000 for baseball, which obviously it's a huge baseball town. Does that mean they could get 16,000 for hockey? That's a tough reach. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's, okay, it's a, it's a championship baseball town, and they don't show up for games. Yeah, you know, I've heard the thing. Well, they're a terrible sports town because they've got good teams and they don't show up for good teams. It's sort of like Florida in the NHL. Now, they may be showing up now because they made a Stanley Cup final, but for years on a Tuesday night, it was like 4,000 fans. In, in I the can't team. imagine it's going to be much better. Yeah. So, I it mean, might be, maybe they could get 10 on a weeknight and they'll sell out on the weekends. Maybe. Right. But are, 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 we at, are, are we at the point now where the NHL is more concerned about the uh, TV contracts than the gate? Because they've always been a gate run. No, I mean, the, no, the gate is still very, very important because um, they do need that. They do. The, the NHL is always going to need gate-driven. It's not like um, the NFL who doesn't need the gate and MLB who acts like they don't need the gate. Well, the NFL doesn't need the gate. Right. They, their contract is so ridiculous with all over the place. Anyway, um, all right, let's move on to um, the firing of Todd McClellan. Yeah. Um, the the Kings had lost thirteen of the last fifteen, then won the last game before uh, the All Star All Star break, 
and then uh, Rob Blake decides to pull the trigger. uh, Jim Hiller uh, will take over on an interim basis for the rest of the season. Um, This seems like a bit of a desperate move, but they just they just crash landed for us. So I go back to Tuesday when I was on with Mick on Sirius and was asking me what teams are in it, what teams aren't. And I said, uh, I think the Kings are cooked. And, you know, and, and we talked about it. And now a few days later, clearly, even after a win to end, you know, the the break before the All-Star game it wasn't a great game either it's against Nashville. And like you said, a lot of teams were looking towards vacation. Uh, clearly, they didn't impress him enough even with that win. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, I think Rob Blake was thinking the same thing I was. Like, this team is cooked the way they are. You had three wins in their last 17 games. So, um, you know, they're going to hope they get the same Edmonton magic. But, that, you know, they don't have the Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl advantage there. So I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work out. Well, currently, I'm just looking it up right now. They're in the top wild card spot with 54 points, 56 points. Sorry, the Blues, the Nashville Predators are at 54, Seattle's at 52, and then it drops down to 49. And they, once upon a time, Mike, they were ahead in their division. Oh, they were. They were well, not in the, not first place, but they were. They were in third place, locked in in third place. Third? Uh, I thought they got to, to first. No, right? no, they were never. They were never ahead of Vancouver and Vegas. Okay. But they were but they were locked into third place and they had like a 12 or 13 point lead on Edmonton. Yes, I remember now, that. And now Edmonton is three points ahead of them because they've won 16 games in a row, which is just it's stupid how how much how many games they've won with not a what what I still think is not a very good team. Um, but you know, right now, so yeah, I mean they're hoping they turn it around. I mean, three, five, and two in the last 10 games, like I said. You know, their problem is, and this has been their problem all year, because I think they were, I think they had won ten or eleven of the, the first eleven games in a row uh, on the road. They're they're under five hundred at home. They're not. They're like, they have a horrible home record. Eight, nine, and six. Uh, and in terms of, no, I'm not admitting it. Mick. You yeah. can't have that kind of home record and yeah. think you're going to make the playoffs. And Timothy, no, I'm sticking with my prediction that Edmonton. Oh come on, playoffs. Mike. Even I no. can't. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They've won 16 games in a row, and they're only three points out of falling out of the playoffs. I'm sticking with my prediction. So sorry. Yeah. Um, but no. Mike I, told us everything was okay on the Hindenburg too when it wasn't. <laughs> it's funny. I just watched the documentary on the Hindenburg. Um, but no. So so yeah. I mean, is it possible that LA turns it around? Yes. Uh, I heard somebody say. LA is LA wants to stay exactly where they are right now, and meaning in a wild card spot because you know what that means? They wouldn't play Edmonton in the first round because they've lost to Edmonton uh, the last two years in the playoffs. And right. like I said, they don't have to worry about that because Edmonton's going to miss the playoffs. But anyway. well, I aside from that probably wrong prediction, um, <laughs> I, I would look at it like this with LA: if they don't get a goalie, it doesn't matter what coach they bring in. Yeah, and they, and and no offense to Cam Talbot, he was hot at the beginning of the year, but he has yeah. cooled off. Well, he's worn down. He's old. He's he's you know, and he was he's injury prone. He was injury prone with with Ottawa. He's he's an older goaltender, and they've gotten. I mean, he was he was at like a nine thirty save percentage and I think a two point one goals against for like the first two months of the season, and now they're playing David Riddich. I know, and Riddich won their last game, but Riddich can never 
do it for a long stretch. Uh, to answer David Mascott, um, as far as the Red Wings go, clearly I was wrong that they were going to be last in the division, but I still don't think they're making the playoffs. Sorry. I, I know they're going to make a move at the deadline. Um, I just feel like uh, the Patrick Kane thing is, is what end up could end up derailing them because we don't know what his health is. Detroit, Edmonton. Detroit. Yeah, there's the, no, there's not. Oh, there's, there's not. Edmonton doesn't have more talent than Detroit. They have more talent, but they're okay. in a, they're in a tougher they're in a tougher conference, and they're going to miss the playoffs. Um, okay, so let's talk about the two trades that were made. One was made Wednesday night. So after our after we discussed the center market and we discussed Elias Lindholm, he gets traded uh, to the Vancouver Canucks for a package of prospects and draft picks of a one and a four uh hunter bruskevich the defenseman uh i think it's yanni yermo was yeah, there yermo, yeah. yeah and and then the salary dump although calgary may not be looking at it that way of andre kuzmenko um maybe they can get him back to the way he was playing in vancouver last year but he had been he was a drag on the canucks this year um, so they cleared the salary to bring in Lindholm, and now Russ, they have you know Lindholm or Pedersen, whoever they want to play up the middle, and then JT Miller is their second line center. So now they're you know they're stockpiled up the middle. Yeah, um, no, I won't eat octopus if the uh, Red Wings make the playoffs. Just answer in the chat room. Um, mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. But I'll say I was wrong if it happened. Um, and, what are we talking about again? Mm. What, is, what, what question did you ask me again? Oh, oh no, um, about Lindholm, about the Lindholm, yeah. you know, up the middle. Yeah, I mean, look, that does make sense. That's a good trade. Calgary gets a good, good return, not a great return. Uh, they don't get an A prospect in that deal. They didn't. Sorry, uh, I know Hunter's put up with big numbers, but he's not an A prospect. So, I think it's decent. And I think that it's um, it's good for both. And I think Lindholm is this going to spark him? I don't know. I mean, we almost wish Lindholm would have come out and said, "Yeah, things just were not good in Calgary, and this is why I could do so much better." He didn't really say that when he got interviewed, or at least I didn't hear it. Did you? No, I didn't. But I, it he it sounded like he was more concerned about what people thought about him in Calgary after the deal. Cause he said, I was willing to sign a long-term deal. So basically it put the onus back on the flames that the flames maybe didn't want to pay him what he wanted on a new deal. And it goes back to what we had heard in November. They were looking to shake up the roster of that team and they weren't going to lock up the guys who had basically failed for them the last few years. So I mean, I think they got a decent return. They got a yeah, future. We don't know what going to do. I, yeah. you know, Randy's calling no. him Koozie. He's not going to call him Koozie if, he's, if he stinks. Well, I mean. I'm going to tell you that right now. I, I, you know, I don't know what the hell. He's going to call him crap if he plays terribly. Yeah. But, but, but no, I mean, okay, could he turn it around? Yes. But, Randy, it smacks to me a little bit of the Kachuk deal because, okay, they got Huberto, and Huberto's a good player, and then they paid Huberto big money. But you want Kachuk, and Kachuk didn't want to be there. Now Kuzmenko, he had no trade clause, and he waived to go to Calgary. Why? Because he wasn't playing in Vancouver, and he's going to play in Calgary. But that doesn't guarantee that he's going to play well in Calgary. Who's going to feed no. him the puck? Right. You know, their number one center is gone now. Who's who's their number one center now? 
yeah, so that's that's going to be an issue. Uh, look, I'll tell you what the Vancouver stuff smacks of. You'll tell me what the difference is manu- management-wise, but I'm just going to tell you my gut feeling. My gut feeling is this is like the Leafs last year. They're making yeah. these moves. They feel like they can, you know, they can win it, and I feel like they don't have the all the ingredients to win it. I think in the end, when playoff hockey changes, the Vancouver Canucks change a little bit, and I don't think they could um, play the defensive game that they need to play. I think that's where they're going to come up short, and that's the reason I, I don't think I, this is going to put them over top. I know that you made that analogy before, and, and what I said was, well, this is different from Toronto last year because, one, Alvin and Rutherford signed long-term extensions. Dubas was entering the last – was in the last year of his deal. So, in a way, he was making, his, making those deals to save his job, and right. nobody – even though he said, well, our goal is to win the cup, nobody in their right mind looked at the Leafs after adding Achari and, and O'Reilly and Lafferty and McCabe and Shen, that they were a Stanley Cup winner. They were gonna, they could potentially win a round or two, and they were improved, but they weren't good enough to win a cup, especially in the East, and even, even with Boston getting upset. So, you know, that was – and then Dubas ended up getting fired anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, but – I think Vancouver's going for it. I know that Rutherford or Alvin, one of them said that they're going to try to sign Lindholm. I think the only way they sign Lindholm, because remember, they got to pay Pedersen too, and Pedersen's yeah. probably going to get, I'd say, $11 million a year. Um, part, of the, part of the reason why they make this deal is because they want to convince Pedersen to stay. Because remember, he's an RFA for one more year, and then he's a UFA. So he's in a position where if he wants to go – he could go. Yeah. Now, maybe he doesn't want to go. I don't know many people who'd want to leave Vancouver. It's a great place to live. Um, you know, but, you know, it's a, it's warm all the time. It's a coastal city. It's nice. You know, players seem to like it there. But, you know, if they don't win, it's, you know, it's a Canadian city. And when you don't win, you take the heat. So that's the thing. Um, the other trade, which was, which came on the heels of the Lindholm deal. It came, it came uh, this morning and the center market, and we'll talk about this in a minute. The center market um, is evaporating before our eyes. Um, Sean Monahan gets moved uh, t- from Montreal to Winnipeg for a, con- for a one and a conditional three. The conditional three is if Winnipeg wins the cup. So, you know, all, all you know, um, apologies to Peter, but I don't think that's happening, but anything is possible. But oh, getting a one for Monaghan, who is a guy that they re, who Montreal re-signed at a very economical deal of just under $2 bucks, and then getting Monaghan to play as well as he's played, um, and now to get a first for it, that's, that's a coup for uh, Jeff Gordon and for Kent Hughes. Yeah, and I just have to point out, Monaghan was, was the one who had the best chance of getting a first because he's a real center, he wins faceoffs, and he's cheap. All of those things. But again, when you start looking at the center market, Henrique fill, you know, fills a couple of those things. Lawton fills like one of those things because he's not even a full-time center. Well, but yeah, but okay. So the problem is now, and you know, it helps Winnipeg in the sense now they have Shifley and now they have Monahan. Um, you know, they. Um, so that gives him a decent one-two punch and with size, and that's that's something. And he's experienced, and he's been in the Western Conference for his entire career except for the couple of years where he played in Montreal. So that's, that's a coup. 
Um, they get him before Colorado gets their center, before Dallas right. adds a player, and those teams now might have to pay more to get that. You know, oh, right now to pay more. Well, no, 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 lesser player. They're not. Well, I mean, but but I'm not saying at first. I'm saying pay more for whatever centers are out there. I mean, they, you know, they might have had yeah, to pay. Maybe they'll give up like a second and a third and a low-level prospect. If, if you mean that's more, yes. okay, I might buy that. Yes, that's what I meant. You're not getting um, a third. No, no, but I don't think Adam Henrique is getting a first, even if Anaheim retains 50%. But, yeah. okay, so you've got Adam Henrique, and then, you know, there's stories about Scott Lawton, who's got – Two more years at three million bucks. Right. And from my memory, he's not having a great offensive year. No, he's not having a good year at all. Nothing like last year. And and really he's okay. I think he's a three at best. I mean, he really is. I mean, again, so even at a three, he's doable. He's more of a defensive variety. He's a great penalty killer. He does get um, he actually has a couple of shorthanded goals this year, he only has five. And so and his faceoffs are good, forty nine point seven. But again, you know he hasn't even taken. You know, he's going to take about as many as last year. So, but he hasn't been a full time center. Yeah, last year was a career year at eighteen goals, and then he yeah. signs an extension, and he's making three now three million bucks for a third line center is not bad. But I don't think Colorado and Boston, uh, and you know, there's one other team that's looking for uh, New York. Are looking for a Scott Lawton. I think they're I looking. Mean, yeah, yeah. So in the playoffs, in the bubble, <clears throat> he had nine points in fifteen games. But in his career, ten points in twenty-four games. I know Mike will say that that's really good. I think it's like meh. It's okay. Well, two. I mean, three year, three three games in twenty sixteen when he was a part-time player. One goal in six games in 2018. I mean, he had that great. He had the great year in the bubble. Yes. So you don't know what if he if that's if what he did before is real or what he did after is real. But all you can say is is that you know the teams are looking for centers now. I know somebody in the chat says I'm waiting for Mike to bring up Casey Middlestat. Yeah, I am going to bring up Casey Middlestat. But the problem here with Buffalo, and this is probably what mitigates the chances of, of them trading him is that Buffalo was looking for a hockey deal. They're not right. looking for first round draft picks. He's a year away from unrestricted free agency, but he's cheap at two and a half million bucks and he's leading the team in scoring. If they make a trade with somebody, it's going to be, you know, so say, okay, I just, I'm, and this is unreasonable, but I'm making it, I'm saying it as an example, say Colorado likes Casey Middlestat. And they go to the Sabres and say, we want him. Okay, I want Bowen Byram. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for a younger player who's in the NHL, who's playing already. They don't want prospects, no matter what they're, if they can't miss or not. They have enough of those. They have, you know, they have four first-round picks who aren't even playing in the NHL right now. They need players. So yeah, to be honest, I think he's getting re-signed. I I, yeah, he might, but I'm saying I think there's a possibility he gets traded. There's a possibility. I'm with you on that. Yeah, and but but the whole point here is I think there will be a number of teams now that the center market has dried up that will say, hmm, "Are we gonna? Can we trade one of these guys because we can get really paid off here trading a center in this market where so many people are looking for centers?" 
And that's going to be the interesting thing. Now, the likelihood of that is less than trading rentals because the rentals, you know, if Anaheim's not going to pay Henrique, then, right. right. You know, does, you know, is Anaheim going to trade Trevor, Trevor Zegers when he gets back from his injury? No. Probably not. They already, he just extended, he just got a new deal after a holdout. Right. But it's a bridge and they've got Carlson yeah. and they've got, and they've got McTavish and you know, there's, I mean, there's chatter out there. I don't know if it's real or not. Yeah. I don't know if that's real. Yeah. But, but you know, there are teams out there that have centers that might step into this market. Yeah. Bardic is saying Josh Norris. No, I mean, uh, that, I mean, he well, signed he's a long term player when he's not injured, but yeah, he signed to a long-term extension and, Ottawa would be in the same boat as Buffalo. Uh, oh, sure, I'll trade Norris. Okay, give me your best prospect who's right. in the NHL, who's 21 or 22, because that's what Norris is. He's the right. same thing. So, yeah, we don't know how the, how this market is going and is sort of going to break down, but I do think that the top two, two of the top, yeah, yeah, they were the top two centers in the in the rental market. Um, now that they're gone, I mean, you know, it's really now it may switch to the defenseman. It probably will, because again, those were the two guys that teams were willing to really put up for, meaning, you know, prospects, a pick, a high pick. The other ones, look, they're decent players, but they're not ones that teams are gonna go crazy for and give up the world. Okay. Um Caleb is asking about Gensel. Where do you see him going? Vancouver was a favorite. He's not going to Vancouver. Yeah, he's not going they, there now. They shot their they shot their bolt on on uh, on uh, on Lindholm. Um, I don't know if Gensel is going to go now. I mean, I know Dallas supposedly was looking for wingers. Uh, I don't know whether they could accommodate him in terms of the cap space. There would have to be retention there. There would have to maybe be somebody going back to open up. But, you know, Dallas makes a bit of sense because I think Dallas is as much a contender in uh, in in the uh, in the West as Edmonton and Vancouver and uh, and Colorado and Winnipeg are. No, Colorado won't go after them, so they they really no. have enough now. No, but I mean I mean they're oh, they're yeah. contenders like those guys. I think I think Colorado is looking for a center. Yeah, yeah, they, they don't need Gensel. Um, I'm trying to think really who could use Gensel and, and where it would make sense. Like the Rangers won't bankrupt themselves to get Gensel. Boston, no. No, Boston won't. Um, you know, Toronto, no. Yeah, I'll bring up Seattle. You know, someone like Seattle that has a lot of young prospects, if they feel like we've looked at the numbers and Jake Gensel puts us over the top, then they might do it. But it depends how close they are when – Pittsburgh's waiting until the last possible minute. Um, do you, before we go, do you want to address the? Uh, uh, I know that uh, Randy in the chat was saying Capo Caco to the Flames for Noah Hannafin. Randy, who? Flamester, Randy. I'm kidding. I yeah. Stop. All right. So, um, for one thing, I think the Rangers are open to trading Caco. Uh, he is 22. I think they're also mindful that he is one of their few the really good defensive forwards and a guy who could cycle in the corner. No, he's not scoring like he should, but I don't know. Um, they're not going to give away Kako, who they probably have, what, three more years of, of rights to? Two or okay. three. For a, guy, for a guy that's a rental, they're not going to do that. That doesn't make sense because I don't think – Noah Hannafin gives the Rangers a guaranteed Stanley Cup. 
So that's why I don't think they would make that deal. I think I think if they were going to trade Kako, um two more years. Yeah, two so it's a guy with two more years of of rights. And so a team that's going to get Kako uh could be the Chicago Blackhawks. It could be Seattle. It could be a team that wants the young player. They're sort of a developing team and he's not making much and we'll give you this, you know, veteran and maybe a pick because that makes sense because he could maybe still become a fabric of our team and you guys are just going to, you know, give up on him at this point and we get it. Maybe something like that happens. I don't think he's going to a contender though. Yeah. And and I'm I'm highly doubtful that Chris Drury is going to trade Perot. No, he's not trading Gabe Perot. Look, I'm going to just – I saw Gabe Perot up and close and personal uh, recently, and he has gained muscle. His shot looks crisper. He still has a little bit of an ugly skating form, but he gets to where he needs to go. I watched him in the All-American Prospects game. I watched him in World Junior Camp. He's a better player than last year. There's no way – and I was a little critical of Perot, not a lot, but a little – and so there's no way now that Perot is making those steps that they're going to trade him now. No way. Yeah. So, okay. Um, we'll we'll uh, we'll end it there, and we'll be back probably on Monday with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast for the departed Jan Levine for Russ Cohen. I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching, and remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.